Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Hey folks, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers, but also e-commerce sellers. It's a subset of the amazing FBA Podcasts uh, family. And today we're thinking a bit outside the Amazon box with a great guest, Matt Edmondson. So we're thinking direct to consumer marketing, but I would urge you, even if you're currently only on selling on Amazon, to think a bit broader, particularly if you have your own branded products or your developed products or private label custom products, this episode is definitely for you because we are all, whether we sell to Amazon, on Amazon or off Amazon and, and never sold on Amazon and have no wish to, we can't ignore Amazon's presence as the, the 800 pound gorilla or the Goliath as uh, our guest Matt puts it. So being the digital David to the Amazon Goliath is today's topic. And uh, Matt's well-placed to talk about this having sold to Amazon via Vendor Central a while ago and with two decades of experience under his belt in the e-commerce a ton of value to offer hope you enjoyed today's show and um, take careful notes as ever if you want to see my notes go to 10kcollective.com and have a look at the show notes enjoy the show so let's talk about the digital david versus the amazon goliath we've mentioned that before and we kind of compare in d2c with amazon but then of course is not just an individual choice for an e-commerce business owner, is it? I guess whether you sell on Amazon or not, they're still out there. They're still part of the landscape and mm-hmm. incredibly dominate the landscape. So tell us a little bit about how you approach, you know, how you got out of the, the vendor central relationship trap and then what, what you sort of learned in your thoughts of how to compete with Amazon as a, a digital David. Yeah. So the, the reason I came up with this phrase, a digital David versus Goliath, for anyone who's not in, familiar with the story it's in the old testament and there's uh, the young king david who is faced with this giant of goliath in a battle no one's willing to fight goliath no one's willing to take him on because they're all scared of him and david sort of turns up one day and if you've not read the book david and goliath by malcolm gladwell strongly recommend you read it it's a really great book david turns up one day uh, and says oh i'll fight him and tries to put on the king's armor and it doesn't fit him and it doesn't make sense and there's there's an analogy here that we can use which says don't try and take on what other people do you've got to somehow learn to be yourself you've got to learn what works for you and what's authentic to you in the midst of all of this uh, and so david sort of trots over to a stream and i think picks up five pebbles he puts them in the pocket but he only needs one he puts it in a sling and he swings this stone around and it strikes Goliath in the head and Goliath, you know, dies. And, and it's that kind of, what are the, what are the things that we can put in our sling? Do you know what I mean? Amazon are great at the big armor. They've got the big fulfillment and the distribution and the instant answers and the clever apps and the data analysis and all these things, which are too big and they're beyond our scope. 
So what are the little things that we can do to make a difference? And for me, this was always this was this was always the learning from this story when it came to e-commerce. And so we've touched on them a little bit. So when I was dealing with Amazon on Vendor Central, the thing that annoyed us the most was you were dealing with a machine and you could never get through to a person. And if you eventually got through to a person, they couldn't override the computer. The computer made all the final decisions. And so it became exasperating and it became complex. And so the the easy way for Amazon to do this was would have just been to give me an account manager. And I, I could have called them and they could have gone away and solved the problem in 30 seconds. But it it just it fell apart because they were not willing to do that. And so, you know, this is where I, I talk a lot about relationship because Amazon does not have the relationship with the consumer. What Amazon has is convenience in there on your phone. And so if you want something, you want something quick and it's a you're going to go to Amazon. So you've got to work hard to get the consumer to come to you and to keep buying from you. I think that's really, really super important. So it's the little things. It's the popcorn in the packaging. It's putting your phone number on the website and being accessible on the phone. It's the just putting something extra in the box for no apparent reason other than you just like somebody, which might include a handwritten note. It's the way that you've onboarded them with an email that says 10 ways not to kill your houseplant. Do you know what I mean? There's all these little things. They're the little stones that you're using in your sling. And don't underestimate the power of those because they really, really resonate with your target audience. And it's the simple things like that that keep people coming back. You don't need the big, crazy, expensive logistics centers. Sure, they're nice. You know, and God bless the Hook Group who is trying to achieve, you know, that Amazon status here in the UK. And it's like, you know, if that's what you want, go for it and go for it in a big way. But for most of us, that's not what we're about. And I think that relationship and that authenticity and all of those little things that make a big difference are going to be your winning keys and how you, in effect, stop people going to Amazon and come to your website to buy yeah, I guess um, you've got to look at the the giants' weaknesses and then just do the opposite, haven't you? In some ways, or, or I'm going to naturally be the opposite. It's not hard to be the opposite of a sort of massive, very hard to build, very expensive to maintain logistics network and sort of very clever artificial intelligence, right? So, human, human, you know, uh, an artificial intelligence is probably the answer. And as you said, that the great weakness of Amazon is, to be fair to them, they're trying to manage six million third-party sellers, and I believe. It's like 500 million product lines. It's more than that. I mean, it's 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 just ridiculous. Oh, it's colossal. And the yeah. only way they can do that is to automate everything. And they are a technology company and their solution, you know, to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail and their solution to everything is probably logical and, and works for them mm-hmm. and, and has worked for their shareholders, goodness knows. But I guess it, the, the the downsides are so absolutely obvious to us as, as interactors with that system that we just, as you said, if they just, for example, had a, a person dedicated to your situation, they probably could have sorted that out with less brain power than creating yeah. an algorithm to do it. Yeah. And that's that's the weakness of an AI-driven system, isn't it? I mean, I guess it's like with Google. I mean, you can't just phone somebody up at Google and say, is that restaurant really as good as everyone says it is? Because that's not an option. Whereas a restaurant critic might actually just respond to a comment on a post. Mm. So, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Now, obviously, we've been one of the big things that Amazon wins on and dines down on is greater selection. We've talked about lower prices, mm. faster delivery. How do we deal with the lower prices thing? Because obviously price is something that haunts us if you sold on amazon for any yeah. given period it haunts all e-commerce sellers can i really be more expensive 
what's I going to do to my conversion rate? Can I turn my stock over in time? All those kinds of questions. So tell me about price and pricing power. That's a really, really good point. And I think I, I, I'd start off by dispelling the myth that Amazon are always the cheapest, which then, and I think that's something that I've noticed change over the last few years. If you want the cheapest, it doesn't mean it's going to be on Amazon. What Amazon stands for, I think, and what Amazon wants to stand for now is more convenience rather than cheap, seems to be the, the route that they're, they're heading down. That said, you as a third-party seller or you as a D2C business are going to have to sell at a price which is competitive, but at a price which makes sense for your business. And so what you what you have to do is distinguish, I think, between your first-time customer and your repeat customer. So your first-time customer is going to look an awful lot at price. They're going to look at price and go, right, and we've all done it. We just go to Google Shopping. I want to buy this item on this site. It's this price, this site, it's this price, this site, it's this price, and so on and so forth. But how can I add value is the key question here. So you've got to be competitive on price, but I don't think you have to be the cheapest. And I think being the cheapest is a race to the bottom. I think it's a no-go area. We don't, we, we make no pretense. We're definitely not the cheapest, but I do want to give insane levels of value. So I want the customer to feel like if they've spent 50 bucks with me versus 45 bucks with Amazon, there's something extra that they're getting for that $5. Do you know what I mean? And, and they're understanding why they've spent that. And they, they maybe can't articulate it, but they feel like they're getting $10 extra worth of value. And that actually is a lot more straightforward to do than you might. So, you know, there's obviously when I'm not selling on Amazon, there's much more money in my pot to play around with because I'm not playing, paying their commissions. I have, you know, choices over things like packaging. I could put a gift with a purchase in the box, for example. I could run a scheme which says, well, why don't I do a refer a friend scheme? So I go to my most loyal customers and say, listen, if you refer a friend, not only do they get a voucher for X amount off their first order, but we'll add, you know, a credit to your account. So next time you're on the site, you can get this for free or something. And I'm I'm investing my money and my budget that way because that seems to make more sense. That's going to have more longevity. That's going to have more impact because people are referring me versus me, you know, telling the world. I think if your business is literally Google ads or Google shopping, pricing is going to be a big thing uh, until you get your reviews up. But I, I don't think it's the only thing. But I, I, for me, the most important thing is not price, it's value. How do you give great value? Yeah, I like that a lot. And I guess what if you can find a bit of space between your, you know, your costs and your price, uh, the selling price, I guess that gives you a, an option to be generous and yet still make a profit, doesn't it? So that 15% that you're not giving Amazon, but also the fact that you're giving that you're spending 50 um, bucks or 50 pounds as opposed to 45 wouldn't make that much difference to me. And in a lot of cases, I mean, I, I guess I'm probably a little bit careless with my money, but like a typical Amazon shopper, I've been trained to be a little bit price insensitive to a degree. And so 45, 49, I don't really care that much. Mm-hmm. But I really will care if the experience is really poor, especially yeah. if it's a gift and not only, but if, it, if it's a gift to yourself as another category, I would say like my wife buys a ton of, of really beautiful um, beauty products uh, that are sort of organic and whatever, because she, she had problem skin as a, a child. And so for her, it's the ultimate luxury. And, and uh, I think I, if I bought something for my wife or she bought something expensive herself, I think the, the downside of a poor quality experience would really outweigh the lower price. Yeah, and I guess those are your ideal consumers, aren't they? Thinking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, to be fair, you know, and you've nailed it in, in some respects. I don't think you want the consumers that always want the cheapest price because they're never loyal customers. 
they're just going to go right they're just in effect website hopping and actually if i'm honest with you i think they're your most problematic customers they have the highest expectations they'll be the first to complain they'll want everything you know you've sent it there's a wrong letter in my postcode or my zip code or something and it took an extra 10 minutes for the parcel to get here therefore i want the order for free you know what i mean it's they make the biggest demands they have the biggest expectations and if i can put it as bluntly as this they're the biggest pains in the ass right yeah and so so they're not the clients that you want and in fact by just by being smart with your pricing policy you can offload a whole bunch of pain to amazon or whoever let them have it you you deal with that have at it knock yourself out right uh, because these are the customers over here that i want and i think you're right i think there's plenty enough people out there f- for whom price is an issue but it's not the key issue there are other important factors I was just thinking also that if you give a gift, again, a little bit like to, to be fair to Amazon, who are geniuses at a business, particularly Jeff Bezos, I guess, not only the idea of reducing your ad spend and putting that money on a, on a reduced product price. Equally, you could do the same thing, like you've taken your 15% you're not spending on Amazon and keep the price the same, but put a gift in there. There's something psychologically very powerful about free stuff it's kind of not free if you think it through but nobody really thinks it through as a consumer at least most people yeah, don't right it's true and here's the thing about a gift with purchase and i'm a big fan of a gift with purchase rather than discount and i'll tell you why let's say you know the the beauty company that your wife sells at so she's you know the, the guy who owns a company or the lady that owns a company is thinking right the average order value is, say 60 quid right 60 pounds and so they've got that and they're thinking oh, it'd be great to go and get some more customers i could discount by 20 and then that would in effect save somebody 12 pounds but by the time you know that 20 percent discount is actually almost 80 percent of my profits or whatever it is it's a big portion of your profits so rather than discounting by 12 pounds she calls up uh the candle manufacturer that manufactures joe malone's candles or whoever's right calls them up and said listen how much are your candles and they'll go well it's a minimum order quantity of a thousand but they're three quid each you go right i'll buy a thousand of them give me a fragrance call it carlos fragrance or whatever it is do you know what I mean? and you order a thousand candles well, those candles have cost three pounds right so instead of discounting by 12 pounds i'm putting a candle in which has cost me three pounds so i'm saving in effect nine pounds here's the thing though that candle i'm then going to put for sale on my website at a normal retail price of probably around 17 to 20 pounds right so the gift with purchase it's like buy sensepeak 60 pounds get a candle worth 20 pounds right that's much better than spend 60 pounds and get a 12 pound discount both for you and your customer do you see yeah, what i mean absolutely so, beautiful yeah i love it because win-win and i guess it's the the true sense of i can't remember but i think entrepreneurship is supposed to be i think in the origin of the the meaning of the word is supposed to be something like moving resources from a lower to a higher value or something like that so in other words if you are the smart middleman or middle person engineering this you've actually added value to everyone because they've sold mm-hmm. three thousand pounds worth of candles they weren't going to sell you make more profit and the consumer gets better value in the stuff they wanted in the first place they don't really want that you know 12 pounds or whatever because they're spending money with you for products anyway if they really valued cash more than products they'd have the cash so as somebody who loves candles and and face cream or whatever by the way my, my wife also loves beautiful candles and she ordered some yankee candles the other day so that would totally play with my wife is mm-hmm. in fact your customer avatar next door but it's uh, uh, 
it, it's really when you think it through, as you just said, it's it just it's win win win. It's which is a beautiful thing. So oh, very I know, elegant. I, I know that particular one works because I've done that many times. Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, it. it's that yeah. it's that kind of like I say, it's not price. Keep going back to this point. Price is not what's important. Value that's what's important. The perceived value that the customer has in what they're buying. Yeah, love that. Um, that's a beautiful note on which to, to start to wrap this up because I know you've got to get back to helping your uh, clients and running your businesses. If people want to work with you, Matt, you've clearly got just oodles of, of really common sense value, but based on, you know, hard one. Just because something sounds obvious doesn't mean it is for the first five years of banging your head against the brick wall. And if people want to come and work with you, Matt, where do they find you and how do they go about that? Sure, it'd uh, be great to connect. Just head on over to the website, mattedmondson.com. You'll find all my social media links there. If social media is your platform uh, of choice or just connect with me through the website. It'd be great to great to hear from you, but it's mattedmondson.com. Fantastic. So my final question for you, Matt, is, is a sneaky one, but I, I'm going to keep doing it because it always produces an instant response, which is what question should I have asked you that I haven't yet? Oh, that's a really great question. What questions should you have asked me that you've not asked me yet? If I was going to start over again today, what would I do? Love that question. I think that's always an, a really interesting question. And, I, and the reason why I think this is an interesting question, I remember hanging out with a guy called Albert Goubet, who's since passed away, and AG became a bit of a close friend. And he's he's he was a guy that started QuickSave years ago. He's quite kind of an eccentric guy, multimillionaire. I think he was a billionaire when he did. Anyway, had a lot of money. And I said to AG, I said, AG, because I was curious when I was a young entrepreneur, I said, listen, bud, if you were starting again today, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? And he said to me, without any hesitation, he said, supermarkets. And I'm like, you do those again, even though you've now got Asda and Tesco and the big things. And he went, absolutely, because I see where they're going wrong. I can make a difference and I know what I'm doing in that space. And I just thought that was a really, really powerful answer from that guy, that actually he wouldn't change what he wouldn't have changed what he did. And I just think it's a great question to go and ask entrepreneurs. If you were starting again today, if you were me, what would you do? Excellent. And may I ask you that same question then? If you were starting over today, what would you do? It's a very fascinating question. And I and actually quite quite topical. Um I would answer it exactly the same way as AG. I'd be like, I would go through this for I would find a product, I would brand it, I would build a website and I'd build an e-commerce business. Uh, no, no hesitation in my mind whatsoever. I wouldn't look at Amazon. That's not to say I wouldn't sell on Amazon. I wouldn't look to Amazon being my primary source or eBay. I'd be like, I am building that website. I love the idea of making more money. You know, I, I love the idea of going to sleep and then waking up richer than when I, you know, fell asleep because somebody somewhere around the world has bought something off my website. Yeah, there's still some magic in that, isn't there? That I have to say, that's what that's what gets us out of bed, I guess, in this industry. Well, look, Matt, I must let you go, but thank you so much for your time. Uh, it just remains for me to say big, big thank you for all the oh, sharing. It's been, all the an absolute, been an absolute treat, uh, and thanks, Michael. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six- and seven-figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found this show helpful. We've run interactive small group masterminds for six and seven figure Amazon sellers since September 2017. Members report things like I couldn't have done it without you and find each other a great resource, particularly in challenging times. Our biggest seller to date has broken through the eight figures a year mark in 2020. Members of the 10K Collective Mastermind are not newcomers. They sell private label or custom products on Amazon and they make a minimum of about $350,000 a year or £300,000 a year in revenue. In most cases, much higher than that. 
We're currently running both online and offline versions of The Mastermind. To find out more about that, go to www.theamazonmastermind.com. That's theamazonmastermind.com. Thank you very much for listening to the show.